Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's going on, team? And welcome back along to another week of Super Rugby Previews. This week, we are looking at, of course, Super Rugby Aotearoa. Two games coming out of round number eight. And, of course, we head our way over to Super Rugby AU, which is running into round number five this weekend. And, of course, we're going to be bringing along our special guest yet again to have a look at these four matches over this weekend. And um, we'll also introduce him first. Shane, welcome back along to the channel yet again. I hope you're well, sir. Yeah, I'm going well, um, Stephen. Um, it's been a busy week, but I'm looking forward to a day off tomorrow and a couple of days of the weekend. And... Um, Lots of sport, particularly lots of rugby. Um, it's good to see the rugby, um, particularly in Australia and, and New Zealand too, but we've got to give and take there, don't we? <laughs> oh, it's good to have live sport. That's all that matters. It's good to have the sport back on the screens to watch again. Now, of course, you can be seeing this in a couple of places. Of course, we are on my YouTube channel, on Cornflakes uh, show, where you can see this one uh, probably first. And then, of course, we will be on New Zealand Sports Radio on uh, Friday evening, just before the Australian round kicks off underway. So wherever you're watching us from, welcome along. I hope you enjoy. And, of course, let us know your thoughts on each and every game as we go through them. And, of course, don't forget to share this with your friends as well so we can spread the world of glorious rugby coming to your TV screens and, of course, um, stadiums near you as well. So get out there and uh, share the good word. And uh, if you don't agree with us, let us know in the chat. Let us know in the comments and uh, start some good discussion because, Shane, it's all about opinions. It's all about what we love, isn't it? It's all about expressing um, the good game of rugby. Now, Getting into this weekend, as we always do, we'll kick things off yet again by having a look at the Super Bowl leaderboard. And, you know, I'm, I come here every single week and I come here and I sit here and skite about how well I'm doing yet again. And just before we kicked off recording this, I noticed in the top 1% of global Super Bowl are my picks. About 450th out of uh, 53,000 people playing a Super Rugby restart this season. So I'm having a great season of rugby picks so far. I'm sitting top of the table and um, really 
having that nice two-point lead is keeping me nicely out of touch of everyone who's doing the chase. The reviewer doing well in second. Batman has raced his way up to third. And it is Anti-Poddle49er who has picked up this glorious yellow cap yet again this weekend. So it's sharing around. And it's it's a big piece of, of this as well because the yellow cap really does uh, pole vault players straight up that leaderboard. So it's a close one near the top. But I, I'm sitting here two and a half point lead. And I'm pretty happy with my pick so far. But we could have a couple of really interesting games that could swing this one left or right. Shane, heading into uh, last weekend, how did your picks go? Uh, a successful one? Because the week before, you were four out of four. More successful you, or did it, the train sort of come off the rails a bit? Yeah, it came off the rails a bit, Stephen. I got <laughs> two out of four, which was I got the two Australian games right. Um, I very, very nearly got that Chiefs game right. Mm. Was, but um, as a Blues, you know, I wanted the Blues to hang on and... Uh, Hard overhead, I suppose, but um, you know, it's um, you know, it was pretty some excellent rugby by the New Zealanders that weekend, and really, so I think this competition that's what's so good about it. You can't pick it. And, I mean, no one picked that Crusaders-Hurricanes game, did they? Unless you're still sporting that uh, Hurricanes cap, but 96%, I think it was, of Superbrew pickers picked the Crusaders, picked that one. I mean, really, going into a form and all that sort of thing, you would have been silly not to have picked them as well. But, I mean, fair play to anyone who did pull that one off and um, come away with the, uh, the four out of four from the weekend. It's pretty tough when you get a big upset like that. And you're right, the Chiefs almost did the impossible as well and picked up their first victory of the season. Some dodgy refereeing at the end, but phew, we may talk about that one later on uh, as we get through it. But well played to Antipoto on Superbrew. Good job, chap. You got the yellow cap uh, this week, but you've still got a long way to go to catch up with number one. Been there all season, not going anywhere. Okay, Shane, let's get into our four games this weekend. We kick things off Friday night over on your side of the ditch. It is the Force hosting the Rebels. I mean, they should call this one the uh, the Travelling Derby or something because neither of these two teams are going to be at home potentially this season. Both on the road and they're facing off this weekend to open up our round. Next up on Saturday evening, we have the Chiefs Still looking for that first elusive number one victory. They're up against the Crusaders, obviously hurting from that opening loss of their season. Then following that, the Brumbies take on the Reds. And then finally on Sunday afternoon, the Highlanders take on the Blues. So let's get things underway here. Uh, the Force versus the Rebels. Now this is weird. The Force, what did you make of that team last weekend? Really struggled against the Brumbies, didn't they, to, to get into the game and to get into that style of rugby that the Brumbies presented them with? Well, in in hindsight, me and the essential staff, the cat, just wanted to go to sleep um, watching that game. Um, you know, the Brumbies virtually, in my opinion, had most of that job done after the first 10 minutes when they scored the first two tries. They scored another couple of tries. The force tried, absolutely tried hard. We can't deny them that. And when, when you know, Steve, I think we're in agreement here, we will never deny the force don't try because they do. But it was just one of those games where, you know, <laughs> quality-wise, perhaps we saw the quality perhaps... In, in Australia's best side in the Brumbies, but we, we just didn't quite see that with the force 
um, last week. And, um, and I think it's just, I think too, a lot of players here, there's a lot of players that have played super rugby level and there's a lot of players that haven't. And I think too, that's a learning experience for the Western Force um, um, because we still don't know what sort of competition structure and that's a discussion for a later time, but we still don't know what's going to happen next year. Maybe they'll be back with Super Rugby. We just don't know. So um, I'd see this for the Western Forces, a learning experience. They, they certainly are trying hard, but, um, yeah, it's up against the team. Um, if they've got any um, any team they want to fight um, on Friday night, fight night, as we call it over here. <laughs> Um, it's the rebels and the either t- I, you know we all know the history three years ago one of those sides were going to get cut from super rugby um well there's no better incentive to turn up against the force on on Friday night 100 percent right on that one that gives it a little, a little bit of extra meaning and incentive doesn't it for the western force it was strange watching that game against the Brumbies, wasn't it because the force have been you know, there are only a couple of games that they've played this season, but they've been fast starters, out of the blocks, hitting teams early, hitting teams hard, getting those early leads and, and trying to fight their way uh, to keep the lead intact. In but the, the last weekend, they didn't do that at all. They were blitzed off the off the kickoff, and they never found a way back after that, which was quite surprising given the way that that team plays. But I think they played a bit of a part into how... They just couldn't get into that matchup. We have a look at the two lineups, and there's some interesting selections in this one as well, especially the force. Uh, starting off their forward pack, uh, Heiberg, Kaitu, and Longbottom as their front row. Thrush, Lee Warner in the second row. Stowers, Ferris, and Stander. The amazing back row that the force do possess. Ian Price back, and he'll partner you again. Jono Lance in the house. Uh, the midfield partnership, I'm sure you got a word to say about this one, Shane. Uh, Richard Kahui and Cole Godwin, you've been trying to get Kyle Godwin back in the starting lineup, and he's finally there. So we'll let you talk about that one in a second. The wingers are Marcel Bracky on the left side, Byron Ralston on the right, Jack McGregor at fullback. Finally, you've got your wish, Shane. You, you've got Godwin in there. You, you've got the former All-Black and World Cup winner, Richard Kahui. Things are good for the force midfield, aren't they? Well, you've got an All-Black and the Wallaby in, in your centre combinations. Gee, I wish I had Walter Little and Jason Little in um in in the fantasy side, and the damage they could have done to. And we had Timmy Horan as well. Imagine some of those combinations back in the day. Um, this is not quite that, but um, Richard Kahui and Kyle Godwin have a lot of experience, and I've called for Kyle Godwin to to start because he is A, a wallaby, B, he has a lot of experience. Richard Kahui obviously was coming into that side last week and um, I think he just needed the run on last week, but his experience will be valuable. McGregor's developing into a, a fullback. Obviously, Jeremy Thrush, another experienced all-black, um, experienced rugby player at lock. Um John O'Lance has got a. This is what I want to say from John O'Lance. Stop being so static. Stop being so bloody static, mate. And get your forwards going forward. Get your back line moving. Um, throw a couple of passes. Throw a couple of cutout passes. Get them really moving. So, so there's a lot of things they can do. I think Standers, you said before, Steve, he's really 
started to impress with his work rate. So there's a lot of positive signs there. And we look at the bench, another Wallaby, Pet Cowan um, is on there. Nick Frisbee is on there as well. So, you know, I reckon the force have probably picked their best side, um, probably without Greg Holmes, probably the other one missing, but roughly their best side that they've picked to date. Yeah, and what a time to do it as well. I think they need, well, they needed those first few rounds, didn't they, to, I guess, acclimatise themselves. But like you say, get really get up to that level and get that little bit of experience for those guys that haven't played in Super Rugby before. That's been beneficial. They've learned. I think now's the time, like you say, get that best team out in the paddock and actually start to fully compete, not just on a, a scoreline level, but on a tactical level as well. I thought last week they were trying to be the festival team. They wanted to score tries. They wanted to entertain, which is the rapid rugby way of playing the game. But I think now they need to settle down and take those shots at three. Keep the scoreboard ticking over. Mount pressure um, territorially as well as with possession. That's what they have failed to do this season. Although it's been great to see entertainment. It's great to see those full um, you know, 60, 70, 80 metre tries that they can pull off. But they need to still grind as well. And if they're going to beat the teams like the Brumbies, they're going to beat the good teams. They need to be able to grind. And that is what they're kind of missing in the game yet. Hopefully we'll see it this weekend up against the Rebels, mm. who have named, well, an interesting team on their side as well. So we'll look at the Rebels team. Cameron Orr, Jordan Ulisi, and Jermaine Ainsley, the front row. So a couple of changes there as well. Hangana and Hosea, an experienced second row, very inexperienced second row. For the Rebels there. The back row, Michael Wells, Richard Hardwick, and Isa Nasirani is back in that number eight jumper. Ryan Lawrence and Matt Samoa are the halves combination with Billy Meeks and Andrew Calloway in midfield. Corabesi on the left wing and Tom Pinkers on the right. Reese Hodge moves to fullback. No Dane Haylett Petty in this 15 or 23 for that matter for the Rebels. Number of changes there. Uh, <laughs> a very weak second row. It really is shaping up for a massive chance here for the Western Force against the team this Rebels side has named, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Matty Phelps going to start off the bench, um, just looking here. So that's mm-hmm. that's obviously another Wallaby in his own right. So that, um, and, and big farmer Suliali, who's really impressed um, the front row forward. Um, he's played really well, the big fella, and... So perhaps they're looking for that impact later off the bench with that experience. No DHP, um, not even Ross HP. I haven't seen him um, play in this tournament so far, if my memory serves me correctly. Mm-hmm. Where they lose that experience at four and five, Wells Hardwick and Izzy Nazarani, and congratulations to Izzy. It's his 50th Super Rugby cap on the weekend, so well done to him. That's, that's a bit... You know, to make those, to make that that fiftieth cap level is this is an elite effort in this game, and we celebrate those achievements. That backline's still very good. Tamua, Corabetti, um, Hodge, um, Kellaway, I think needs to keep improving his game. This is really his second chance. Uh, I've mentioned it before. Billy Meeks has got to get more involved. You know, Steve, three years ago I was at a National Rugby Championship game between New South Wales Country and Perth, um, which is now the Western Force in that competition as well. Um, and I said to the father of a super rugby player who was from our town of Tamworth, um, I said to him, you know, someone better pick up Meeks because he was the best on the ground, even in a losing side. 
he hasn't he, he has his good moments and his bad moments but he's not running the ball enough you know games like this are made for him um i really think that if he can keep that combination going with tamua um hodge at fullback this time there could be something special in that back line um tamua's doing a lot of work he just needs some of his backs to help him that's why the rebels were, and the waratahs were so bland that you know the sort of things come to pass but when i look at it i'm looking objectively here that the rebels for all the talent they've got in that back line and, and the forwards they could be well they've done well to get that win last week and comprehensively enough they could be doing a lot better and this is the consistency that always falls back on the rebels too so it's going to be interesting to watch two inconsistent sides go at it this week yeah that's very true i'm, I'm going with the rebels by seven the rebels on paper very good side aren't they if only rugby was played yeah, on paper sure. um they will probably be you know up there with one of the best australian teams going around uh very good squad in that way but yeah performance wise uh not their best so yeah, big chance for both teams to lay down a bit of a marker here. The Rebels pushing their way for that number two spot, aren't they? They're fighting with, I think, the Reds uh, to get there. The Waratahs certainly have, have fallen off the pace big time. The Western Force, they're out there. They'd be that banana skin, as we kind of suspected right from where it go. Uh, but definitely capable to do the banana skinning, definitely, on some teams as the season progresses. But the Rebels, they need to win this one. They need to win it. I think they need to win it comprehensively. But they're going to have a really tough time. And I just question, maybe, have they a little bit potentially underestimated this Western Force side? Just with the changes, players missing, there could be other reasons we don't know about. But you look at it and go, they're missing some key guys. They've made some key changes. You can't go into this game expecting a victory. They've still got to go out and get, be very professional about this and play their game plan because if they go out and they give the Western Force, again, like other teams have done, a 14-point lead, a 20-point lead early on, like they can do. We know they can do it. It's going to be very tough to get back because the Western Force, much like any underdog, much like the Sunwolves, much like the Southern Kings, all those sides like that, that don't get have those big-name players, don't have those big-game performers, when they get their tails up as an underdog, they are so hard to stop and they just become better players confidence breeds amazing things out of some of these players and the western force have the capabilities a little bit of confidence could prove the difference for them this weekend you go on the rebels um to win this one away win what was your margin i might have missed it i'll go by seven i think i like the idea that the force have put um the the all black wallaby center combination in there as well as obviously i think thrush is going to have a big game so i i really do think that the force will turn up for this one this is a grudge match it's interesting this is, they're probably grudge match i i looked i reviewed this game before the teams were announced and i thought yep yeah, rebels for me i've gone rebels by nine i'll stick with that but looking at the teams now i i give the force much much better hope than i did at the start of the week looking at this fixture now the teams are named the Western Force are in for a mighty chance to pull off uh, a big win here and uh, take their first scalp of Super Rugby AU. We'll move on from that game. Game number two, we're back here in New Zealand. Um, it's Waikato Stadium or FMG Stadium, Waikato, whatever they call it now. Sponsorships, eh? Where's our sponsorships, Shane? I mean, we should we should have the, the show of the week, shouldn't we? FMG, um, any sort of 
beverages? Come on, where's the sponsorships for us? Uh, that's game two. Uh, the Chiefs, winless, uh, struggling. <laughs> the Chiefs, how, how, how many more things need to go wrong for this Chiefs team? Uh, last weekend, uh, we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording. Just that penalty at the end, uh, the McKenzie try against the Highlanders. Everything just goes against the Chiefs, doesn't it? And they, they just can't get that little bit of luck to get over the line. This is their last home game, and they're up against the Crusaders. What worse possible thing could be the Crusaders in your last home game, but the Crusaders coming off a loss? Uh, I, I feel sorry for the Chiefs. This is tough for them, isn't it? Yeah, and one, one positive, though, I will say, is they went back to their old school tactics, um, the zigzag, angle line running, um, which some someone from Twitter actually asked me, what is angle line running that you keep referring to? And I had to try to explain it to him. Um, so that, But they did that against the Blues, and they very nearly, very nearly got over the line in that last play there. Um, uh, it just it turned out that he wasn't releasing the ball and it penalty went to the Blues. But it's like the Toby Keith song. Um, you know, compare the the Chiefs and even the Waratahs, I ain't as good as I once was, but I was good once as I ever was. Um, and I think, I think you know, this, the poor old Chiefs, they, there is no lack of effort again. Mm. Um, they're picking up bonus points in their losses. They're not that far off. It's just a lack of execution. And we talk about it, we've talked about it for the last couple of years, haven't we, Steve? The lack of depth um, mm -hmm. with the Chiefs, they compared to the Crusaders. Um, and we talk about perhaps, you know, there's been some commentary, I believe, over the last week about maybe Gatlin's not quite um, achieving as a coach with the, the player that he's got, players that he's got at the Chiefs. Um, so, look, uh, yeah, look, the Crusaders... Uh, they they'll be disappointed with a loss, but they'll come out firing um, at the other end with this game. They don't lose two in a row very often. Well, yeah, that's yeah, the, when's the last time the Crusaders lost two in a row? There's one for the stat man. That would be yeah a very interesting one. I we'll have to find that out um, before the weekend kicks off. Uh, the two teams for this weekend are some some big occasions in here as well. Uh, front row for the Chiefs: uh, O'Neill Slater and La 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 Vai and Brown. Uh, the second row: Bushier, Kane and Sawa Cooler. Pretty settled um, front row there of, of pack, I should say, for the Chiefs. Brad Weber will run with Aaron Cruden, who is lining up an absolute stack load of caps now. Another big monumental occasion for him. Uh, Sean Wainui is on one wing. Sean Stevenson is on the other. So the two Seans together again. Alex Nankerville at 12. Anton Inner Brown at 13. And Damian McKenzie at fullback for the Chiefs. Up against them on the other side, a few changes for the Crusaders. Front row, uh, no Moody. So George Bauer comes in to start the lucid side. Cody Taylor and Michael Alatoa on the lucid side. On the tight head side, sorry. Whitelock and Dunshay together again in the second row. But the back row is interesting, isn't it? There's um, no Fitu Douglas. So Sione Havili starts at 6. Tom Christie at 7. And Tom Sanders moves to number 8. Mitchell Drummond comes in for Bryn Hall to get a start. Those two 
Oh, interchangeable. Two very, very good nines at the Crusaders. Moanga a 10 yet again. Goodhue and Payer in midfield. Another big test here for uh, Fatilu Payer once more. Bridge on the left wing. Severis to the right. Will Jordan at full back. Um, I'm kind of erring on the side here. This could be a bit of a backlash uh, by the Crusaders. You say they don't lose twice very often. It's very rare. But just how this team reacts to a loss will be very interesting to see, won't it? Yeah, I think they've got a, a scratch as good as my essential staff, um, my cat. So um, they'll certainly come out scratching. Um, and, it, you know, it's the Crusaders, with that depth, I'm, I'm happy enough to say that I'm going to tip them. Um, not by probably the big margin that I'd tipped them last week and... Mm. Um, found out we were all found out by the, the hurricanes good on you um, <laughs> I, I had no sympathy for the Crusaders last week they were poorly um, but um, yeah look they don't have too many poor performances I can assure you of that um, the quality in that back line I, I look at that back line and I think well you know what it's ready to, to fire again I think the Chiefs have a good. I think the Chiefs have probably their best backline on paper this week. Mm. Um, it's just consistency again. Um, it's making sure they do the right things. Um, you know, ball handling, not giving away penalties, because the Crusaders they pick up on these things, and we know that lightning doesn't strike twice. Um, the Crusaders are going to come out firing, and I think they win it by ten. Finally, on this matchup, Shane, I mentioned just briefly about the, the monumental occasion it is uh, for Aaron Crude. 100 caps, I wanted to mention it separately, but also Sam Whitelock, 150 caps for the Crusaders. These two guys, massive parts of New Zealand rugby, aren't they? Absolutely, and well done, fellas. That's elite. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about, you know, with, with Izzy Nazarani making 50 caps, and 50 caps is an outstanding achievement, and that is elite as well. Uh, these guys have served not only their respective franchises, but New Zealand rugby as a whole. Um, they're champions. And, and the mark of a champion is if you turn up every week, do your best, um, know that you've given everything at the end of the night um, for, your, for your team and for your mates. And uh, I hope that they just go out there and enjoy their run out. That's a huge achievement. Well done. Indeed it is. And we um, celebrate these things in rugby. We sure do. We sure do. 50, 100, 150, 5,000. It doesn't matter. It's still a big occasion um, for these chaps. So, yeah, well done to Aaron Cruden. Well done to Sam Whitelock. Um, and to Nicerani, like you mentioned before, on the achievements. You've gone to the Crusaders to win this one by 10. Uh, I am going something very similar. I am going to the Crusaders to win it by 9. Um, so we're, we're within a point of each other there for this one, uh, heading into our second matchup. Back over your side uh, for game number three. This is an intriguing matchup here. Brumbies versus the Reds. Now, I'm going to go through the teams first in this one too, because I think there's so much like-for-like -like matchups in here. So we'll go through both of them, and you, you can tell us what your thoughts are. But the pack battle, keep an eye on this. Uh, Brumbies first, home team. 
Uh, Scott Seo, Flau Fanger, Alan Toa, Darcy Swain and Nick Frost in the middle of the pack. Rob Valentini, Will Miller, Pete Samu complete uh, the forwards into the back line. Joe Powell, Bailey, Kunzel again starts at 10. Uh, Simone and Kirandrani in midfield right on the left wing. Carter on the right. Goodness, that's more confusing to say than I thought it would be. And Tom Banks is at fullback for the Brumbies. Up against in the Reds, this is where I think it's going to get really interesting. Dane Zander, one I'm not too familiar with. He starts um, in number one. Uh, Brendan Paingamosa will start a hooker. Uh, Taliana Tupo again in the number three jersey. Angus Blythe, Lucan Salakai Loto in the second row. Angus Scott Young, Liam Wright and Harry Wilson. Uh, the uh, pack, we've got Scott Malua at nine with James O'Connor at ten. Midfield, Hamish Stewart, Hunter Paisami, the impressive 13, starts yet again. Filippo Dalgunu on the left wing. Chris Fiawi Sortier on the right. Jock Campbell at fullback. The pack battle is going to be massive. The back line, though, is where I think this game is going to be won and lost. What are your thoughts on these two teams? Impressive as they are, where is it going to be decided? Well, I think it's... Unlike the two Australian games last week, mm -hmm. this is probably going to be a better Australian game this week. Definitely. Um, hopefully. And, um, you know, otherwise, you know, the essential staff and I will end up falling asleep. <laughs> and that cat can sleep. Um, you know, the... Um, look, I look at this, and I think that that's... That's certainly, a, um, and I'll be biased because I'm a Reds, um, obviously. That's the best Reds sides, you know, that we've seen in a very long time, since 2011, you know. And this Brumby side has a, a load of stars in there as well, um, and, and their depth is outstanding. Um, so when I look at it, and I look at the similar playing styles. They both play old-school Australian style of rugby. Um, but they're also not afraid to use the back line to, to try and punch that through that line, run straight at the line. Um, and this is, again, my way of explaining our tactics. Um, look, it's this game, unlike other Australian games makes you quite excited because of the, the similarity. But with the Brumbies, they're like the Crusaders. They don't lose as many games as other sides perhaps in Australia do. So, look, I, I'm going with my head over my heart here, but I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be three points in it to the Brumbies. And I think what they're just going to have perhaps is just with their forwards. Just, they'll just have that little bit more consistency with their forwards because the back line's very even. And it's great to see Jordan Petard here back on the bench. Tate McDermott is going to play off the bench. So I expect if they have those fellas off on the bench, there's going to be a lot more running, as there usually is in a Brumbies Reds derby, compared to say other derbies out there where a lot more um, structured with kicking and running. This one's going to be a bit different. So I'm not going to say it's going to be a game of the round because um, I think the New Zealand ones are going to be a bit better. But this is going to be probably Australia's best game in this in this round.
Oh, by far. By far. This, this is my pick um, for the, the Super Rugby AU game of the round. No question about it. I think this is going to be, hopefully, what I'm thinking is this is a game from a couple of weeks back when we had those exciting matches. Uh, they were decent, good quality, and they were close and tight. That's what we needed. I th- we were really let down last weekend. I think that was a really poor weekend after such a strong one the week before. Consistency is a word you've said a lot uh, in this episode already, and that's, I think, where these two sides lack. You've really covered most of the other points I was going to make about this match, uh, about the, uh, the bench, uh, Malalua starting instead of Tate McDermott, um, Harry Hooper injured, so that's uh, him out for four to five weeks. It's quite a significant uh, injury for the uh, loose head prop. Um, bit of a change and shuffle around in that back row. Angus Blythe coming back. Uh, switches around with Angus Scott Young. And Fraser McWright moving to the bench. I think, although I think he's been great this season, it really shows the good depth that the Reds have actually built in this team. That they've got a guy who is capable, more than capable, of starting in the side. Can rotate, moving off the bench, and get a bit of, you know, depth, I guess is the only real word you can describe it, in the side where they can come in and start. They can get guys keeping fresh uh, and keeping ready to go uh, in, in this team. So it's really, really good for them. Uh, really strong inside. And Jordan Pattaya, he's back again, back on the bench. Australian fan, Shane, to the heart, to the core you are. Reds fan, Jordan Pattaya, he, he really is the key to the Wallabies' future, isn't he? I think so. I think people enjoyed the way he played. Um, in the last couple of games of the Rugby World Cup, um, they could and... And not that I had much faith in Michael Chegger towards the end, but <laughs> I'm glad that he showed faith in, in starting him against England because even the English um, media were quite impressed um, by his performance out there. I, I really hope for this young fellow that he remains injury-free. Um, I also hope that this is his first game back in a little while, so it's probably more less that he has to go out there and enjoy the run out again, enjoy the feeling of being with his mates again. But, you know, I really hope he, you know, you don't want to see him become a bit like um, the um, fellow, um, I think he was at the Highlanders this year. He was a hurricane. Um, he was a... I'm Neha Milner Scudder, who's another talented young fellow that, you know, had a lot of injuries. So, yeah, yeah, I, my thoughts are with him. I really hope that he is he's a good, good part of the future. So is Hunter Paisami, um, another big fellow that really enjoys running up and running the ball hard. You know, if, if Pataida's fit and Paisami's there, I hope that they... Move Stewart to full though, um, because Stewart's more of a fullback, in my opinion. So, look, um, yeah, look, it's it's great to see him back, and and really hope that you know this time, fingers crossed, he goes through with a good steady run, plays plenty of games, plays plenty of minutes, and enjoys his footy. And remember, he's only twenty years old as well. I mean, it feel like feels like he's been around for years already, and the, the kid's only twenty. Um, huge future ahead of him as well. So it's good to see him back. Hopefully, yeah, like I say, he stays injury-free and we see a bit more uh, of Pattaya um, throughout Australian rugby as well. So you've gone a uh, close win uh, for the uh, Brumbies in this one over the Reds. I agree with you. I've gone just by four points and then it's going to be tight. I'm hoping it's going to be exciting and I hope the two sides use a bit of that pack. They use a bit of that back line 
and they try and outsmart each other rather than just being, you know, two big packs going and smashing each other through the middle and not being too inventive of how they play. They've got good back lines and they both need to use them to get the best out of this matchup. So I'm hoping game of AU this weekend and hopefully it could even be one of the games of the round as well. But we move into our final match of the weekend. It is the Highlanders back in action off the bye up against the Blues. Now this one's down on Forsyth Bar Stadium. We don't have the lineups yet as we never do uh, recording these on a Thursday evening for the Sunday game. They should name them a day earlier. It would save everyone a lot of trouble. Um, but we're about 24 hours away from having the lineups named. The Highlanders are in a bit of strife though. We had those players who went on a, a bit of a, an exciting enjoy your own backyard. Bit of a binge in Queenstown over the last week. So could be possibly facing a bit of strife with some players. Maybe missing. Maybe not missing. We're not 200% sure who they are. What they've done. Um, well, we know what they've done, or what is going to be the punishment for them. So that's a bit of a downer for the Highlanders, but back at home, back off the bye. They were building nicely, weren't they, coming into this round? Can they keep up that? Is, is, is this sort of bad media thing going to be affect them in a good way or a bad way? Because we often see teams fight back quite hard when they get this sort of bad publicity, don't they? They come back to prove a point, and what better team to do it against than the Blues in your own backyard? Well, Dunedin always puts on the show, um, and um, they know how to party pretty hard. <laughs> um, I, I can remember when I was there four and a half years ago, uh, the best city I've been to in New Zealand, by the way. Um, <laughs> I loved it there. Um, it's um, and, and you can hear all the party noises while you're trying to sleep in the hotel room, <laughs> ready for another big day, travelling. <laughs> so, look, they'll have a really good crowd, a really good party atmosphere, and that always tends to favour the Highlanders when they're consistent. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it's with the Highlanders, it's a bit like the Pokemon theme song. You want to be the very best and, and um, whatever it is, you know, you've got to catch them all. Um well, I can tell you the Highlanders better start catching them all um, if they they want to go far. And same with the Blues. So there's, there are two teams that have got points to prove. The Blues were outstanding in defence last week. No one can take that away from them, particularly in the dying minutes when the Chiefs, who were also gutsy, were coming at the line, coming at the line, coming at the line, and the Blues held them out. Um, the Blues have learned a lot of lessons from Leon McDonald a former crusader himself as, as their coach. Um, the Highlanders are certainly not the Highlanders of um, 2015, 2016, where they were really up there. They won the title. They were, I think, top four the next year. Um, but but you want to see them play, you know, they play an unstructured game. Mm -hmm. And that, that can work. And sometimes it can go against them. But if they if they just come out there and and you know the halves control things, they've got a good forward pack, a, a good strong forward pack that can can really take it to any um, New Zealand franchise on the day. So um, it's a it's a game that I will enjoy watching on Sunday afternoon. Um, and you know I wish this was the the, the lead up Friday night game. I think perhaps. Um, that's something to think about for next season, um, bringing back to Friday and Saturday nights. Um, 
But um, based on this and based on the fact that Sindhaneed and I will go with the Highlanders by point, but I think it'll this will be this will be a good game. It'll be a good game in its um, its uncertainty. I said something um, two or three weeks ago. I said after the Highlanders lost to the Crusaders at Forsyth Bar, I said they will not lose another game at home this season. They only got to play a couple, but this is one of them. I I believe. The home ground advantage is the difference. Remember they played the Blues at Eden Park and they only lost by three points, if my memory serves me correctly. Two or three points. It was really, really close. And that's how tight it can be. That same performance in Dunedin, like you say, can be switched right around to the opposite direction. Big selection issues, though. This whole debacle about what's going on in Queenstown. That's one thing. Josh Uani, apparently not involved in this. So the likelihood is he'll start at 10. Mitch Hunt, if he's involved or not... He has been in impeccable form. 15 is his jersey. A guy like Josh McKay made a massive impact uh, two weeks ago. Hopefully he's still going to be playing on the park. There's a lot of guys that can make a difference in this team. On the Blues, it's been a bit of a... Well, since that game against the Crusaders, it's been that slippery, slopey slide back to the old Blues, I feel. And I think the Blues adapted to the new rulings of the laws in round one, two, three, when they were pretty much destroying everyone. They adapted the fastest. Their game plan, their play style, and their players fitted that mould the best. The game and the referees, I think, have have slackened off a bit in the way that that's ruled. They've slackened off a bit in the speed of which they blow penalties for those um, tied ruled, the offsides, the ruck penalties. And the game has slowly slipped away from the Blues. They've lost Hoskins to 2-2, who was a big part of that you know, three-man back row that was so punishing. Now it's less effective. Um, the midfield they've gone with, the, the plumber idea at 12, going away from TJ Fayani, that has affected their play style as well. They've had players coming in and go. Caleb Clark's gone out for fair enough reasons, but it's disruptions. Barrett and all Black now are swapping the tens with, with Black having that little niggly injury. Things have changed for the Blues. The game's changed. And I don't know what you think here, Shane, but I think the game has kind of left the Blues in the last three weeks. And we still don't know when Carter's going to play either. <laughs> um, which, which is one of the reasons I got so excited, um, you know, with the signing of, obviously, Bowden Barrett firstly, and then Dan Carter, um, you know, to have one of the best players I've ever seen, um, John Eels and was probably um, the best I've seen. Um, and, that, and that's my opinion as an Australian. Um, but Dan Carter was certainly up there, and as was Richie McCall. You know, I was really excited to see Dan um, get involved. And, um, you know, he's, he's been water boy, water boy <laughs> getting out the Gatorade. Um, you know, uh, and um, yeah, that's a, it's a bit disappointing, but. Maybe there's some other issues there, but um, the Blues have been certainly better than what they have been in the past. Um, mm. And and that is good to see. Um, yeah. But, and they have learnt lessons, but you're right. This positional um, hearsay, um, 
there's more changing of the positions um, at the Blues than the National Party in New Zealand at the moment. With, you know, it's it's almost like positional changes here and there. Um, so you, you know, I just want to. You just want some some consistency there. I hope Dan the Man does come back. I'm I'm rambling on too much, but yeah, you're right. And um, maybe maybe that might be their downfall. Maybe we are seeing some signs of the Blues of old, though I think they're a lot better than what they were before. So um, to Forsyth, to Dunedin, to the party capital of New Zealand, they go. Um, and, and, mate, bring – flood the stadium. Bring all the fans there. Get out there and enjoy it because um, I think it'll be good. good afternoon. There was – the talk, Dan Carter was supposed to play two weeks ago, I think off my top of my head, two or three weeks ago, he was in line to start but pulled up with a slight niggly injury and withdrew from the team. Um, that was He was to be named on the bench uh, for that game. I can't remember the top of my head who it was against, but two or three weeks ago. Um, and since then, things have changed. Black's injury, of course, you know, forced changes. And maybe we'll see him this week uh, off the bench instead if they go back to the black at 10. Uh, Barrett goes back to fullback, sort of rotation that they've been doing with that side. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. You've gone the Highlanders by a solitary point, and my friend, I cannot agree with you anymore. That is exactly the same as my pick. It's going to be close, it's going to be tight, it's going to be exciting, and there's going to be hopefully a packed crowd there as well to will the Highlanders home. We agree on that one yet again, and I hope we can sit here next week celebrating our fantastic picking skills uh, and another good Highlanders victory in the, this round of Super Rugby Aotearoa. That is it for our week, though, Shane. It's been, I think, a, a weekend that should be filled with some exciting uh, rugby games. Is there any final, final thoughts you'd like to add before we wrap up our um, this week's episode? Yeah, it's a point that I think I said a few weeks ago. Um, and, and this is perhaps more a serious note here, if I could, Steve. Um, rugby unites, rugby heals. Rugby is a part of the healing process in, in uncertain times that we live in now. So we really think about the people of Victoria doing it tough. Um, you know, you know, Steve, I talk about my love of Australia and we have a bit of a joke and we're really thinking of you. Um, so particularly the Melbourne Rebels, go out and do your state proud. Um, and, and please, you know, there are, those boys are out there to, to give some entertainment for your weekend. So please stay at home, enjoy the rugby, um, and hopefully they can put on a really good show for 80 minutes for four games. Well said, sir. Well said indeed. Uh, 100% agree if you. you spot on the money. As always, Shane, uh, thanks for coming along uh, each and every week. Uh, we appreciate your attendance and having your thoughts on the show. And thanks to all you guys for tuning in as well here on Cornflakes YouTube channel. That's mine. And, of course, New Zealand Sports Radio. If you can, you're watching on Facebook, do share it with your friends. Get the word out there about the shows. Uh, we've got shows going out every day of the week. We've got cricket shows. We've got league shows. We've got previews and reviews of Super Rugby, AU, and Aotearoa. So get tuned in. Share it with your mates. Uh, get a bit of banter going on about your thoughts on these games. And, of course, all sports going on around the globe because it's fantastic to have as little as we do have 
it's still glorious sport to have on our side. So make sure you tune in to all the shows uh, we've got coming your way. Trying to, as Shane said, entertain the masses and um, get everyone thoughts out there, get your brains thinking, and get supporting the boys who are out there doing the job on the paddock. That is us for this week. Big thanks to Shane for coming on, and we'll see you all next time for our next round's preview in a week's time. Until then, thanks for watching, and take care. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.